You're listening to the Harborside Church Podcast. To connect with us online, go to www.harborside.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to read Philippians 2, 3, 2, uh, sorry, um, verses 3 to 11. This uh, passage is quite uplifting for me. <laughs> uh, so let's go for it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, be made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that as the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue Acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, May. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Can we say Merry Christmas yet? Let's do it. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, uh, regulars, visitors, family and friends visiting, and of course, welcome to our navigators. It's great to have you in the service, primary and high school kids. As Mike said, they've got a sheet to help them follow along. There is a prize if it's filled in, and I think there is a prize for the best one. So listen up, cool. I reckon this is a good experience. This would be good for adults, don't you think? What? Yeah, we should, maybe we should be giving sheets out to the adults to help us focus. It'll probably help me too. Okay. Welcome. Welcome to our first Serve Sunday service. I'm excited. It's going to be a bit different today. As Sean and Kayla said before, much shorter service, much shorter sermon as well, as we seek to practically serve some vulnerable people in our community today. Can you believe, folks, we are one week and one day from Christmas one week and one day. I hope you've done everything. All the presents, you got them? Yep. All the plans made? Good. Okay, good. Getting some... No? All right, cool. Food preparations, probably not done yet, but you know what you're doing. Can I ask you, over the next 15 minutes, try not to fill your mind with that stuff, the to-do list. Let's, for the next 15 minutes, think about serving others and the why. That's what we're talking about this morning. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. We are focusing on a different part of Scripture. We are one week and one day away from Christmas. Of course, at this time of year, at Christmas and the lead up, we focus 
on one particular aspect of who God is and what he's done. And of course, that is God becoming man. That is the incarnation. The incarnation, guys, means God becoming one of us. The doctrine of the incarnation, God becoming human. That's our focus at Christmas. And we know all about this from the Christmas stories, don't we? From the narratives, from Luke and from Matthew. We've heard it. We heard it last week. We heard it a couple of weeks ago, acted out in our amazing nativity. How good was that, by the way? Was that pretty awesome? How good was that? We know the story from those readings. We witnessed God preparing the way through amazing things. Angel visits, remember, to Mary and Zechariah. We see Jesus and John the Baptist conceived in miraculous circumstances. Uh, We see Mary and Joseph traveling to where to have the baby? To Bethlehem, that's right. No room at the inn. And of course, Jesus' birth. And people come to worship him. Wise men and shepherds come to worship him. And it centers all around this thing that we've already mentioned, which is God becoming one of us. Folks, that's the wonder of Christmas. Don't let anybody tell you different. Family, presence, time off from work, all amazingly good things. But the wonder of Christmas is what? God becoming one of us. The reading we had read to us so well by May before gives us a different perspective on that very thing. Lots of detail. My goodness, this scripture is so rich. We barely have time to scratch the surface. So much detail about this Jesus coming to earth, the incarnation. But more than that, it gives us more than detail. It gives us insight into what? And here it is, guys. This is our main point for today. It gives us insight into the mind of God, into the mind of God. Stay with me. Stay with me. It gives us insight into the mind of Christ. What do we mean by that? We mean this. Here's a question. What was Jesus thinking as he stepped down off his throne to become one of us? Our passage answers that question for us today. What was Jesus, the Son of God, thinking when he became one of us? I don't know about you, but I really enjoy listening to interviews and podcasts. I consume them on walks, on drives. I love listening to podcasts. And particularly, I love listening to to the why behind people's decisions. I listened to a good one uh, recently, an interview uh, by someone I really admire, Bono from U2. And he was talking a lot about why he had done so much work for the poor and the needy around the world. He spent decades of his life doing that. And it was fascinating to learn why, why he did that. Hint, it has a lot to do with his faith. Recently, my daughter told me she listened to a podcast about Taylor Swift and why she was re-recording so many of her albums. This is big news, folks. Did you, do you know this? If you, I can see some nods, some Swifties. Tim, do you know what I'm talking about? Not really? No, that's fine. You, you're not supposed to know. But Taylor Swift, the, the, the world's biggest artist, is going back and re-recording so many of her albums. Why is she doing it? You can go and ask Bella after the service. (laughs) But I love learning about the why behind people's decisions, don't you? It just gives so much more meaning and context. Today, we look at the why behind the incarnation, the why behind God becoming one of us. Why are we talking about it today? Here's why. It's got a lot to do with what we're doing on Serve Sunday. So stay tuned. Let's have a look at the start of the passage, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, 
in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is written by the Apostle Paul to a church in Philippi. It could be any church, could be us. And what's he trying to do? He's writing to Christians and he's trying to get them to live out their faith. This Christian thing, it's not just up here, it's meant to be lived out. And so he's writing them an encouragement to do that very thing. Guys, think of others before yourselves, others less fortunate. But he doesn't leave it there. The next thing he talks about is what their motivation should be. How should we be motivated to do the same very thing? It's a good question, isn't it? How should we be motivated to serve others? I reckon there's three ways. One way is duty. I could get up here and go, guys, we should serve because you have more than most. So just do it. That's one way. What's another way? Getting, touching on the emotions. Done a bit of that before, right? Get us to feel Maybe we could put up photos of, of, of kids who are poor and needy and say, come on, guys, we should do this. That's one way to do it, emotional manipulation. What's another way? And maybe a more positive one. Think about the good that we could do together in the world. Now, I admit that I've used all those things in the past, probably on you, and I've used them on myself, and there's, there's nothing really wrong necessarily with them, but here's a question. Is there something deeper we can tap into when we're looking at serving the poor and needy? What does Paul say? What's the next verse? Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And this is our main point for today, guys. What was that mind? That's our main point, one point. Shorter sermon. What's that mind of Christ? And what does it mean to have the same mind as him? Let's look at verse 6. This is Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. What was the mind of Jesus as he stepped off the throne? Well, what does the passage teach us? It teaches us that Jesus is equal with God right? Not a a created being, not a demigod, was always God, is always God, has always been part of the eternal trinity, three in one, in very nature God. And what was his mind? Have a look. He was equal with God, but he didn't consider that equality with God something to be used for himself. His ultimate status in his mind wasn't worth clinging on to. In fact, he set it all aside. Have a look, verse 7 and 8, if it'll do it. If you can do it for me, Jazz, the next one. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus thought about his status, the greatest being in all creation, and thought, I'm not going to hold on to that. Instead, I will empty myself and become a human being. But not only that, he humbled himself to become a servant, even death on the cross, the greatest 
to the least. Paul says, have that same kind of mindset when you are looking to love and serve others. Now, what does that look like? We've got three takeaways. The one point is, what was the mind of Christ? Let's have the same mindset of that. And we've got three takeaways. Here they are. You ready, guys? Three takeaways. Here's the first one. Are we ready? First one. Serving others is never beneath you. Serving others is never beneath you. Kids, can I ask you something? Have you ever been asked to do something and you don't want to do it? Yeah, yeah, maybe. At, brush your teeth, okay. Make your bed. What about at school? Have you ever been asked to do something and you don't want to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to hate it at school. We'd pick up these papers, you know, pick up litter in the playground. And what do you usually say? But I didn't put them there. Pick them up anyway. Exactly, yeah. Adults, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been asked to do something and thought, ah, it's kind of beneath me? Now, I'll bet you didn't say that because we're far too sophisticated for that here. But I'll bet you thought it. I have. Have you ever been asked to do something and just kind of thought, can't someone else do that? Why did they ask me to do that? That is not in my job description. Have you ever thought that? I have. Friends, that is our temptation, isn't it? To think that we might think of doing things and we think, now that's, that's below my station. But as followers of Jesus, what are we called to do? We're called to walk in His ways. And He shows us by example and teaches us the way to glory is what? The way down. Humility is the path to greatness. We can't say like some spoiled Hollywood movie star, don't you know who I am? I've heard of a couple of stories of that. Of some, some young Hollywood uh, star was thrown out of a club and he yelled after them, don't you know who I am? And one A-list celebrity pulled over for reckless driving, said to the police officer, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? My status affords me special treatment. Friends, if anyone in the history of the world was qualified to say that, who was it? Jesus Christ. And he did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. To follow Jesus is to give up our status like him and serve him. Let me ask you a question. Would you be above cleaning a toilet at the local school? <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. That's, you said it. Most people are thinking it. We're today, we're serving Telemunda Youth Services. We're packing, we're, we're wrapping gifts and making cards and all that kind of stuff. But I hope this is the beginning of a great relationship. Would you be above cleaning the toilets at that facility? There's a women's shelter right here in this area that has contacted us about doing something practical for them. We couldn't quite get it going for today, but we're going to get it going soon. I don't know what it involves, but I bet you it involves some scrubbing. Would that be beneath you? Now, we're not doing that today, but I'm looking forward to doing more of that together as a community. And let me ask you, what would your attitude be? What would your mindset be? Would it be like Christ Jesus? Or would you be like, don't you know who I am? 
Okay, second thing. What's the first thing? Have, what, what does it mean to have the mindset of Christ Jesus, the same mind as him? It means serving others is never beneath us. What's the second thing? Stay with me. This one might be a bit tricky. Having the mind of Christ means it changes how we think about the physical and the spiritual. Stay with me. Some people think to be more religious means we've got to get more spiritual and less physical. What do I mean? It means some people think, you know, but to be more religious means uh, forget about the physical, our bodies, other people's bodies, serving people like that. It doesn't really matter. Let's, let's save people's souls. That's what really matters. This world's all going to go away anyway. It doesn't really matter. Secular people, they don't really believe in the spiritual, and so their focus is primarily the body because that's all they've got. But what about us as Christians? Oh, we've got a different why. Jesus Christ, when he became one of us, united the spiritual and the physical once and for all, never to be separated. What does that mean? It means if you want to follow Jesus, we don't prioritize one over the other. It is absolutely important to clothe, to feed, to house, to care for the poor and the vulnerable in practical, physical ways and to care about their souls, to, to tell them the good news about Jesus. We are to never separate the two. Does that make sense? Never to separate the two. We are never to separate what Jesus brought together in the incarnation, uniting the spiritual and the physical. Third and last thing. The third and last thing we learn about what it means to have the mindset of Christ, it is this. Having the mind of Christ gives us the fuel. Having the mind of Christ gives us the energy, the fuel to serve the poor and needy, an inexhaustible fuel. What do I mean? Stay with me. I mean this. God, as we know, is not one person, but three. Dave, you're talking about the Trinity with young people in the building. Can you do something a little less confusing? Stay with me. God is not one person but three. Jesus Christ has been part of a love community for eternity past and will be for eternity future. Therefore, why did God make us? So he could have something to love? So he could receive love? No. He made us to give love. You see? God made us to give love. To receive his love. He made us not to get love, but to give love. So what? What does that mean? When Jesus came to save humanity by becoming one of us, the greatest act of service and humility ever, he did it from a place of complete love and acceptance. What does that mean for you and I? Jesus came to earth to serve us, to give us love, not to get it. What does it mean? Well, I tell you what, this is really true for someone like me who was more of an activist. There is a strong temptation for us to move out towards others to meet our needs, not necessarily theirs, you see? When we go to, to serve the, the poor and the needy, some of us do it because ah, yeah, what it does for us makes us feel good. I, I remember watching an interview, another interview, with George Clooney a little while ago. He does a lot of philanthropic work with his wife, incredible stuff, amazing stuff. And the interviewer asked him, what, 
why do you do this? What made, motivates you to do it? And he shot back really quickly, selfish reason. He says, it's a selfish reason. I do it because it makes me feel good. Now, he might have just been speaking off the cuff. I don't know. I bet you he's got other reasons. I commend him for all he does. But it got me thinking, what if that was your only reason for serving the vulnerable, the poor, and the needy? Because it makes me feel good. The question is, what happens when that feeling fades? Because all feelings come and go, don't they? What happens when that feeling fades? Now, of course, I think it's right to, to get some fulfillment from serving others. That's what we're created to do. But what happens when the people we seek to serve aren't grateful? What happens when, when we get snubbed for our good deeds? What might our response be? Well, I tried. I mean, I tried. Does that finish off our good deeds? How can we serve others for the long term and not burn out, which can happen. How can we serve others for the long term and not burn out? Here's the answer. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Friends in Christ, you and I, we are completely loved and accepted by grace if we have the humility to accept it. That's the truth of the gospel. And in Christ, we can be filled up with love and acceptance before we go out to serve. You see the difference that makes? We don't go out to love and serve to, to, to get love, but to give love. And that changes everything. It's a new dynamic to love and serve. We can be secure in the love of Christ so we can serve in a different way. Friends, that fuels service to the poor and needy in the long term. Church, May we have the same mind of Christ as we serve the poor and needy. Knowing what? Knowing that no one who's made in the image of God is beneath us to serve. What else? Knowing we're to care as much about people's physical needs as their spiritual needs. And may we draw on the fuel of Christ's love for us as we go out to serve and love those in Jesus' name. Friends, let me pray, and then let's get to work. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for coming to rescue us. We thank you for stepping off your throne in humility to rescue us when we were lost. You are our light in the darkness. We ask that you'd give us the energy, the fuel, the love to serve others. I do pray, Lord, that today this step in the direction of practically serving those in our community would just be the beginning of what you have for us. May we do it in a sustainable way and may we do it in a way that it's not about us, but it's about others. And that's what you've shown us. In Jesus' name and power we pray. Amen.